Another installment of Everything NHL. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our expert, uh, James Kumar. Hey, what's up, man? So, so this week we're going to go over the fantasy awards for the NHL players, and we'll talk about some news around the league. How does that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. Let's hop right into it. All right, so for the Fantasy Awards, we'll start with uh, Forward of the Year, um, Connor McDavid. He was rank one this year in Yahoo with 33 goals, 72 assists. Um, he was plus 21, 37 power play points, 200 shots, and 61 hits. And uh, I had Leon Dreisaitl for the runner-up with 31 goals, 53 assists, plus 29 32 power play points, 168 shots, and 37 hits. And what are your thoughts on these two players? Yeah, honestly, I think you you pretty much hit it spot on. McDavid, obviously, 105 points. He pretty much chipped in every fantasy category. So if you had him in your league, uh, there's a good chance you went to the finals and potentially won the league. And I guess Leon Dreisel is the same thing. I know I had him in one of my leagues, and I ended up winning. So, yeah, both really solid fantasy players. Definitely uh, must-haves. Uh, heading into next season yeah for sure and i guess we could take a look at defender of the year next um who are some guys who thought deserved the award yeah so for the De- defender of the year i put dougie hamilton i believe he finished inside the top 25 in total rank in yahoo i mean uh, the guy was just a stud this year uh, he put up uh, 10 goals 32 assists he was a plus 20 uh, he had 18 power play points, 180 shots, 52 hits, really solid. No matter what league you were playing in, he was very valuable. And in my opinion, he was the most valuable defenseman for fantasy. And then for a runner-up, I decided to go with Darnell Nurse. And I think that's mostly just because of what a breakout season he had. I mean, he had 16 goals and 20 assists. So for a defenseman, 16 goals is a lot in a 56-game season. He was a plus 27, so that's even better than Hamilton's. But he only had seven power play points. Uh, When it came to shots and hits, it was 154 shots and 117 hits. So he was very valuable across the board. If you play in a points league, obviously not as valuable. But if you play in a standard categories league, really valuable. Darnell Nurse was a must-own this year. He also was in the top 50 uh, in total players. So definitely two players that really... Uh, were great defenders yeah for sure and i guess we'll move on to uh goalie of the year so i had um andre vasilevsky for the winner of goalie of the year um he had 31 wins 10 losses i think his goals against average was a little bit over two was like 2.212 or something uh he had 93 goals against um 1144 saves his save percentage was 92.5%, and he had five shutouts. And for runner-up, I had uh, Mark andre Fleury with 26 wins. Um, his goal against average was 1.98. He had 918 saves with a 92.8 save percentage with six shutouts. Um, what did you think of these two guys' seasons? Yeah, easily the two best goalies in the league this season. Obviously, they helped their teams to deep playoff runs. Vasilevsky winning the Stanley Cup and Marc-Andre Fleury making it to the Final Four. And if you had either of these guys on your fantasy team, I mean, uh, you were probably 
a, a playoff team and maybe even contention for, for a championship. I know I own Marc-Andre Fleury in one of my leagues as well. He's really solid. Uh, the whole year, he was just very dependable. Always had great averages, put up lots of shutouts. He was pretty clutch uh, for fantasy. So, yeah, uh, I could totally agree with you on that. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move to injury player of the year. And who do you have for that? Yeah, so for injury player of the year, I looked at players that play less than 40 games uh, in a season. And I guess guys that had really strong production despite not playing a full season. So they were still pretty valuable in fantasy. Um, my injury player of the year went to Steven Stamkos. Um, he only played 38 games in the season, but um, he had 17 goals and 17 assists. So pretty solid. He was a plus four. He had 15 power play points, 91 shots, 38 hits. I mean, the guy I produced when he was in the lineup, obviously, if you had him during the fantasy playoffs, it hurt because he wasn't in the lineup. But uh, I mean, he was pretty solid for most of the season. So he probably carried you uh, to the playoffs most likely. And then for a runner up, I chose Philip Forsberg. Um, I believe he only played uh, about 34 games or so. Um, and yeah, he had about uh, 12 goals, uh, 20 assists, um, 13 power play points. He was a minus nine, but uh, when he was playing, it was when Nashville was sort of in the dumps at the beginning of the year. Um, he had 129 shots, 47 hits. So besides plus minus, he's pretty much valuable in every other category. Uh, he chipped in uh, quite a bit of points uh, while he was healthy. And he was pretty much a point per game player almost uh, throughout most of the year. So yeah, if you had Philip Forsberg, you got some pretty good production despite his injury. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to waiver wire pickup of the year. And for um, pickup of the year, I chose Jeremy Swayman, a goalie for the Boston Bruins. Um, he was ranked 43 in Yahoo, I believe, with seven wins um 1.5 goals against average and a 94.5 safe percentage and for runner-up i had jason robertson um he was ranked 85 with 17 goals 28 assists plus 13 127 shots and 28 hits and um what are your thoughts on these two players honestly um i actually picked up both of those players on my fantasy winning team um, yeah, they were both solid pickups. Obviously, Jeremy Swayman had that clutch shutout during the fantasy finals that really helped me uh, secure the, the fantasy trophy. And then, yeah, Jason Robertson, um, yeah, he was a great waiver wire pickup. I mean, he was a rookie also, so you probably put someone else uh, for rookie of the year. But yeah, both really solid pickups. Um, you couldn't go wrong with either of them. So I think they were solid choices. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can... Uh, go to, I guess, before we talk about Rookie of the Year, we, we'll talk about Playoff Player of the Year first. Um, I guess, who do you have for that? Well, I mean, Connor McDavid just tore it up in the final few weeks of the season. Um, I took his last 11 games because that's about three playoff weeks, I believe. So, um, yeah, in his last 11 games, uh, eight goals, 20 assists, plus five, nine power play points, 40 shots, seven hits. So, I mean, he, he was pretty much averaging like four shots a game. He was averaging almost two points a game. And I mean, plus five and nine power play points is also insane if you're in category leagues. So he was definitely playoffs MVP 100%. Leon Dreisaitl obviously is the runner up uh, in 11 games. He had nine goals, 11 assists. He was plus four. He had six power play points, 35 shots, five hits. Almost as impressive as Connor McDavid. So, yeah, I had to go with those same two players uh, as you did for forward of the year. 
Yeah, those two were just amazing players this year. They had really good um, seasons in fantasy. So um, if you're not in a keeper league, definitely take a look at these two players next year. Um, I guess we'll move on to rookie of the year now. Um, so I guess though I put for the winner, um, Kirill Kaprizov. Um, he was ranked 40 this year with 27 goals. 24 assists, plus 10, 157 shots, 13 power play points, and 29 hits. And I had two runners up this time around. Um, I had Tim Stritzel for um, Ottawa with 12 goals, 17 assists, minus 18, nine power play points, uh, 111 shots with 50 hits. And uh, Alex Lafreniere was the second runner up with 12 goals, nine assists, minus seven. 67 shots um, and 43 hits. And um, these rookies, they had some really good seasons. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, honestly, uh, pretty much was Kaprizov's season to be the best rookie. I mean, he just played so well. Obviously, he won uh, Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Obviously, he was the best rookie in fantasy. He just put up quality stats across the board. Uh, Tim Stutzel, I was surprised by a lot of his stats. Yeah, very valuable for fantasy. I saw those shots and hits totals. They were really solid. And then, yeah, Alexi Lafreniere, a lot of people were, you know, saying, oh, he's a first overall pick. He's going to be a bust. Well, he still produced in his first year. It might not have been to everyone's expectation, but he still uh, did a good job producing, uh, even for fantasy. So all three of those players definitely uh, must adds uh, in your draft next season. Yeah, for sure. I know some of them, they had um, they had some pretty big minuses, but you can't really knock them too much. They're on, the rookies, like, for example, yeah, yeah they're, first of all, the rookies. Second of all, for like Tim Stritzel, he's on, on Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa didn't have the best season. Tim was, like, doing what he could to kind of um, elevate the team to what he could do, just playing, playing the role that he was given. And he, I think he did pretty much close to what they asked of him if not better. So um, they should definitely um, improve in that category. I think even for like Alexis Lafreniere, um, it was minus seven, so it wasn't too bad. But again, um, the Rangers were in a really stacked division. So it was like he would, he just tried to do what um, he could. And unfortunately the Rangers weren't able to make the playoffs this year, but hopefully next year. Yeah. That's and the thing. I, that's the thing too is like uh Kaprizov's like 23 years old but the other two are like only 18 or 19 so I mean you can't really fault them they're pretty much teenagers at this point still growing uh, it's their first season like people try and knock rookies all the time honestly uh, if you're getting anything from them they're probably playing really well yeah I was looking at some like rookie lists there were like rookies that weren't even active for the entire season so just the fact that they were this relevant in fantasy at this age already says a lot. Yeah. And I guess um, people were expecting Lafreniere to be a disappointment, but I guess we'll move on to disappointment of the year. I don't think this is an award that you'd necessarily want a player to have, but um, I guess who had the uh, misfortune of getting this award? Yeah, I think for the first half of the season, a lot of people would have said Mika Zibanejad from the New York Rangers. But in the second half of the year, he pretty much tore up the league. He's a very valuable asset at this point. 
Uh, he was getting hat trick after hat trick some games. Like it was just insane watching him. There was no way he was a disappointment this season, um, especially after that run he went on. So for disappointments of the year, I have Carter Hart here. Um, he was drafted inside the top 10 in goalies uh, in, in standard leagues uh, heading into last season. Um, and he really disappointed from there. Um, he only had nine wins on the season. His uh, goals against average was 3.67 and his safe percentage was 0.877. So he really did not have a good season. He only had one shutout. Um, I ended up dropping him in that league that I won in for Jeremy Swayman. So obviously, you know, you go for the prize waiver wire pickup and you end up dropping the guy that's a disappointment. So there was that. And then I guess for runner up, I had uh, Jack Eichel. In some leagues, he was pretty much drafted in the first round. Probably most leagues, he was drafted in the first round. And I mean, I could have had him for injury player of the year, but um, before he got injured, he really didn't play well. So I think he fits more in the disappointment um, category. I mean, he only had two goals. And I mean, two goals is low for him. 16 assists. He was a minus nine. He had nine power play points. That was pretty decent. He did well in that category, but only 61 shots and 20 hits is well below what we expect from a guy like Jack Eichel. I mean, if, got, if people are taking him inside the first round, which in 12-man uh, leagues, that's top 12 pick. So uh, if your team's taking him as their first pick, you got to produce. And he just didn't produce. So definitely Jack Eichel is my runner-up for disappointment of the year. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess maybe next year people are probably going to expect them to um, kind of have um, seasons that I guess would be considered another disappointment. So maybe they'll do the the opposite. So you draft them like really low and then they do really well. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that, um, you know, they, they're a disappointment one year, then they have like a bounce back the next year. And then, yeah, people will just forget about everything that happened. Yeah, I think those two, these two players, they're still um, pretty good players. So uh, not necessarily the, ideal season that they had but um hopefully they'll be able to improve for next season yeah i definitely think they should bounce back next year and with that i guess we'll move on to um the, some news around the league we'll start with a retirement from the goalie of the nashville predators um pekka reen um 15 seasons in the nhl um he is a really good player in his time in the league. And just what are your general thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, he was getting up there in age. I mean, he really wasn't playing um, to sort of the level he was. Um, I guess uh, 2018, he won the Vezina Trophy for Goalie of the Year. So that was sort of his like peak year. And he sort of came down after that. Um, uh, it says here uh, his goals against average is fourth best among goalies with at least 350 wins in their career behind Hashik Brodeur and Jacques Plante. So he's in some top company uh, with some of his stats. Apparently he's the highest uh, winning uh, Finnish goalie to ever play. Um, he took Nashville on that finals run in 2017. Um, yeah, it's he's had a great career, obviously no Stanley Cup, but um, he was still pretty solid. Uh, he was a Hart Trophy, uh, almost a finalist. He was fourth in voting in, in one of the seasons. I believe it was 2011. So he almost won an MVP as well. So, I mean, he played some top-level goaltending during his career. 
Um, he also won the Clint Clancy Memorial Trophy this past season. I know we talked about that for the leadership qualities on and off the ice. Um, he was a first team All-Star in 2018, second team All-Star in 2011. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say. He has a lot of accomplishments in his career. Um, he's going to go down as one of the best finished goalies of all time, I think. Yeah, I'm guessing Team Finland is going to uh, miss having him around. I guess he's probably going to be enjoying his time back in Finland fishing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they. I heard they do a lot of that in Finland. And yeah, um, it looks like his fellow Finnish goalie, Tuka Rask, might even retire soon. So they'll be losing two solid goalies from the league. So um, yeah, definitely... Um, congrats uh, pecker renee on your career and yeah i guess best uh like we wish you the best on your future endeavors and yeah and i think nashville's in good shape with the way uc sorrows played this year uh i mean stealing a couple games off carolina in the first round with like a subpar team i mean he seems like a very good goalie um i think that renee was sort of able to pass the torch this past season yeah for sure and I guess, uh, speaking of pa passing the torch, I guess we can move on to um, some news about Seattle. Um, Carey Price has apparently waived his, I think it was like a no-move um, clause. This is right before the expansion draft is happening. Um, I think Duncan Keith is being traded to the Oilers. So um, there's definitely some... I guess, trade rumors happening about the Seattle Kraken already. Um, so I guess, um, what are your general thoughts about this? Uh, I think before we get to Carey Price, I'll just address that Duncan Keith thing. I believe that trade is fully gone through already. Um, he's already been traded to the Oilers, and I think they will protect him from the expansion draft. Uh, he was traded for Caleb Jones in a conditional round pick for, from 2022. Um, but yeah, I think the Oilers were sort of trying to address their lack of defense. I think when they got swept in, in four by the jets this past year in the playoffs, um, I, they also need more experience too. I think their blue line was very young. They didn't have a lot of vet, veteran defenders. And I mean, Keith, he's won three Stanley cups to Chicago. Uh, he was playoff MVP in 2015. I mean, he's been two time defenseman of the year. The list of accomplishments is, just goes on and on with this guy. I mean, he is up there in age. He's 38. Um, but, yeah, I mean, experience is something that you really just can't buy, you know. Uh, you, you really got to just have it or, or don't have it. And it, it clearly looks like Edmonton's trying to get experience. And, I mean, they have a team, you know, to go forward. They just need to keep adding pieces. And I think um, getting Keith is one of those pieces. Yeah, I guess uh, Edmonton was kind of like a younger team. So trying to get some more experience, especially a guy like Keith, who has been around the block multiple times to kind of um, just show you, I guess, just how to uh, win at a playoff level. That's definitely going to help Edmonton, I think, going forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not in his prime being 38 years old, but you're pretty much just paying for the experience at this point. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, moving on to uh, the Carey Price trade rumors, um, I guess what are your thoughts on the prospect of um, the Montreal Canadiens losing Carey Price? Yeah, so basically what's happening here is 
Uh, it says Carey Price himself has waived the no movement clause, so he can be exposed to the Seattle Kraken. Um, I don't know whether the team's asking him to do it or whether he wanted to do it. I mean, it would make sense if he wanted to do it because obviously he's from the Western uh, Canada area, which is pretty close to Seattle. And apparently his wife is from Washington State, which is where Seattle is located, obviously. So um, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Carey Price himself wants to go play in Seattle to be closer to friends and family. Um, It also wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility um, I guess for him to already have an agreement with Seattle to take him if he released his no movement clause. So uh, this could end up being a done deal already. Even uh, I know we don't have the expansion protection list yet. They come out on Sunday, um, which is probably the time this podcast will be out. Um, but yeah, um, Carey Price could end up being that cornerstone piece that Seattle adds to their team. And that would be interesting because I know Vegas did a similar thing with Marc-Andre Fleury in 2017. I mean, um, at that time, Fleury was also 33 years old uh, when he went to Vegas. So, I mean, it was a very similar thing. You know, I know it is a big contract, but I mean, Seattle, they they have lots of cap space that they're not worried uh, if they need to take a big contract here and there. I think they'll be willing to do it to make their team better, especially with a guy like Carey Price. I mean, we just saw this last playoffs team. Um, basically, every single team in the final four had a really go- good goaltending situation. And now Seattle is trying to potentially get their own really good goaltending situation by trying to get um, Carey Price in Seattle. So um, if uh they end up do getting um carry price um what do you where do you see um seattle this coming season honestly um they'd be borderline playoff team it just depends on who else they get i know definitely next week we'll talk about the entire expansion draft because it is going to be happening this week so we'll definitely recap all of that on the next uh everything nhl episode but um yeah i mean this improves them right away if they end up taking Carey Price. I, I believe they will. If he is exposed, that's pretty much a no-brainer in my eyes. I don't know what would make them turn away. I mean, it is $10.5 million a year, but we just saw what Carey Price did. I think any GM would pretty much, you know, they'd look really bad if they didn't take him. That's definitely for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know what Montreal is going to do now. I mean, you go with Jake Allen, obviously. Um, I know the career of Captain Shea Weber, apparently they said it was in jeopardy this week because of consistent ankle injuries. So when you lose Weber, you lose price, that's cap space, but that's also losing experience. So yeah, I don't know whether this Montreal team will even be a playoff team next year if you lose both Weber and price within a span of a week. So yeah, that, that's pretty tough, I think. Um, And yeah, if he goes to Seattle, it definitely is going to be the face of the franchise 100%. Yeah, I mean, it was already looking kind of um, shaky for the Montreal Canadiens, even with Carey Price still there. Um, Since the conferences are going to be changing back to East and West, it's going to be way harder to make it back into the playoffs. And with Carey Price gone, I mean, Montreal, they were trying to... um, Because you want to slowly transition from Carey Price. I know he's getting up there in age, but... He still has at least five more good years. So you want to take those five years to develop a new goaltender that can maybe resemble something like Carey Price. I don't know if you can say like, oh, I can definitely find another Carey Price. 
somebody like that, that's kind of hard to come by, but like somebody who can kind of resemble Carey Price maybe. And uh, now it's kind of like you lose a really good goalie. Your team is still really young, so you're trying to develop them. So it's kind of like it it throws kind of the development plan. Um, it throws a wrench in the development plan for Montreal. Yeah, and I mean, Jake Allen was never a really solid starter when he was in St. Louis. I mean, he got replaced by Jordan Bennington the year that they won the Stanley Cup. So he wasn't even the starting goalie for that cup-winning team. Um, I don't know how much faith Montreal has in him. I mean, he can be a starter, but a quality starter, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, they'll definitely either need to go out in free agency and grab another goalie or maybe bring someone up from the minors. I think I'd probably be more comfortable grabbing someone out of free agency until you can develop someone. I wouldn't try and rush any of the goalies up from the minor leagues. So, yeah, um, definitely an interesting situation. I guess we'll see uh, what happens uh, if he ends up going to Seattle. Yeah, and I'm guessing, like, there's a possibility they might have to be forced to kind of trade a little bit of their future away to kind of improve the team right now, I'm thinking, because, like, for example, um, let's say, like, they they need to get um, a free agent and what there's like a, ch- I feel like there's a chance they might have to trade one of their um, better young players away. Plus maybe a couple of draft picks just to kind of um, stay playoff relevant, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, Montreal is going to be in an interesting situation, but I mean, if you're freeing up both Weber and Price's contracts, that's like 18 million right there. So, I mean, you can go and use that and you can get, a lot of players, maybe you can go in free agency and sign a guy like Dougie Hamilton to play defense. You can go sign a, a goalie that might be out there, whether it's like Frederick Anderson from Toronto. I know he's, he's a free agent. Whether it's whoever else might be on the market, you go and sign one of those guys. And I mean, there you go. You sort of, it's not it's not like bad replacements. Obviously, Hamilton's in his prime, so that's definitely a must add. I mean, we just named him fantasy defenseman of the year. So, I mean, if you go sign a guy like that, it's big time. She signed Freddie Anderson. I mean, he was a solid starter for Toronto for the last five years. So, I mean, he took them to the playoffs, but pretty much every single season he was there. So, I, I mean, yeah, you, you're filling the gap. You're saving a bit of money. I mean, maybe Montreal tries to do that, and then they try to improve their team. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess the next best thing is um, trying to um, have a lot of cap space. That'll definitely give some room for improvement. Um, you'd be able to get uh, another big-time free agent and – if one of your players ends up, um, I guess, uh, developing really quick, quickly, they have a breakout season or something, you're not um, having to kind of struggle uh, come the following off season with um, who you're going to, I guess, trade away to get some more cap space. Yeah, for sure. That definitely um, frees up a lot of space. They can re-sign uh, Philip Deneau also. I know he's a free agent. Uh, he's one of the better centers for them in the playoffs. Definitely want to keep him around. So, yeah, um, it's going to be tough for them. But uh, I guess we got to see what all what all of the moves are going to be that they that they're going to make in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. And I guess like I guess the question for Montreal is, um, do they want? I guess because if they were able to keep Carey Price, it wouldn't really be. It would just be a matter of trying to get some more offense. But for Montreal now, it's how do you kind of um, still improve the offense while at the same time trying to keep as much as the defense that you used to have? 
Yeah, honestly, they're going to need pieces to fill it like pretty much every position at this point. So it's going to be a def, it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason for them. And I mean, an interesting offseason for Seattle, too. I know we're going to be talking about the expansion draft, like I mentioned in the next episode. So, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot going on. Obviously, we said Sunday the protected lists are going to come out. Uh, we can sort of see, uh, you know, who might go to uh, Seattle and then the expansion drafts on Wednesday. So, um, and I think the, yeah, the NHL draft is like Friday and Saturday. So we might have a lot of recapping to do for the next episode. That's for sure. Yeah. And I guess, I guess just to reiterate, um, if you had to pick a team to make this, um, Stanley cup finals and, um, First, for whatever reason you wanted a sleeper team, Seattle's probably one of the sleeper teams to pick. I mean, it's there's just like a lot of potential this season for um, Seattle. They have a blank can- canvas. They don't have to deal with cap space or an existing roster. It's pretty much just they can pick for the most part whoever they want. So it's a team where anything can happen. Yeah, we saw what happened with Vegas. Obviously, they went to the finals in their first season. I mean, if Seattle gets someone like Carey Price, I guess you never know. I guess we'll see. if that happens, we might see Carey Price in another Stanley Cup final situation. Yeah, I mean, you never know the way things have been looking. We've seen crazier things happen than that. So I guess you never know. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, since we're at the end of the podcast, um, do you have any final thoughts? Honestly, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of a team Seattle is going to have. And um, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about it in the next episode. So, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of discussion for sure. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of interested to kind of see how the direction of the NHL kind of continues to shape out. Um, this last season, we had a really high scoring regular season and even a really high scoring playoff season overall. I know the last final series ended up being kind of more of um, a low scoring kind of uh, what you would normally see in an NHL game, but uh, now there's going to be crowds. So you'll be able to um, see this high scoring game up close. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be a great season coming up and yeah, 32 teams. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that about brings us to the end of everything NHL. Um, definitely let us know your thoughts about the off season in the comments. Leave us a review. Um, give us a like. Um, subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications if you liked the video. Um, if you liked to give us a listen, um, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Music. Give us a follow on all of those streaming sites. Um, if you need picks, um, you can follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we'll see you next week.